0: And a man looks at her and is like, oh, looks like Tierney's magic finally grew in. Like, looking at her tits.
1: So, like, The magic is just having tits and getting your period. <laughs>
0: Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, this month, an English major, read popular fiction with me. Uh, This week, we read The Grace Year, which is a YA female-specific dystopia by Kim Liggett, a content warning that we did not have last week, so sorry, everyone, um... There isn't really a lot of sexual assault in this book, but there is a lot of very graphic violence, so if that is something that you do not like, I guess skip it. But I don't think we are going to, like, talk about really in-depth graphic violence.
1: No, probably not.
0: No, this is, this is my friend Lydia. We are friends from college. She is an English major. Um, Lydia, how was your week?
1: Um, my week was good. I just started a new job, um, for like the third time in eight months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going really well so far, and I have like all of my coworkers, and it's very chill, and no one has had a psychotic break at work, and no one has brought a gun to work. So that okay. is all positive.
0: A huge, huge W. Huge win for the girlies. Guys, this book is so much better than
1: last week's book. This book is, is so much better. I genuinely had a really, really good time reading this book and I was kind of nervous because I don't really like YA books that much and the book last week had me quaking. Like I was like, I don't want to do that to myself again. Like I'm scared. And then I was really kikiing with Kim Leggett in, in the book, in the YA book and Sometimes YA annoys me, but this is the t- this was the type of YA that I like, that really like scratches an itch in my brain, that just like, makes me like, you know, when dogs like twitch when they're, you got their spot, <laughs> I, like, it, this book did that for me, so.
0: Well, I also think um, there's a couple of differences between YA and adult fiction. One is that YA books are cheaper because they're made of worse paper, which someone at a bookstore told me. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's why they're so much cheaper. But the other reason that YA is so different than adult fiction is, like, the amount of graphic both violence and sex and sadness. Like, those are the three things that I think really split a YA book from an adult book. And what I really think it forces YA authors to do is to talk about those three topics with more nuance. And, like, that's Mm. why I like YA, is because it's not just, like, and then they were fucking, and then he was dead, because in its adult book, and in adult books, death does happen. Whereas, like, in YA, like, death can happen, and sex can happen, and sadness can happen, but they don't make it seem so fact of life. They, like, really, I think, explore it in a better way sometimes.
1: Mm. yeah I feel like that's definitely true in this book at least for at least for the death and the like death and violence I think those those topics are explored explored with a little bit more like nuance in this book I don't know how much sex is explored with nuance in this book because it's pretty like romance booky
0: it that was Um. frustrating to me it felt like (laughs) okay Kim Liggett you can write this book, but only if there's a little bit of romance in it, okay? You have to have that, or we can't publish this right. for you. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. Um. So, I was introduced to this book in 2021. I watched a TikTok about it, and someone was like, this is, like, the best YA book that I have read this year. It's incredible. It's so well written. This is going to be huge. And then it didn't really get huge. Um... But I read it and I was like, okay, yeah, I can see it. I don't know if it's the best book I've ever read, but this is, like, an, a really fascinating concept and also, like, well-written. It's definitely mm-hmm. YA. We've got a lot of, like, I'm not like other girls going on. But mm-hmm. it it also, I think in comparison to some of the other books that we've read this month... Well, you want to root for June, but like this book had characters you actively wanted to root for. Mhm. And a lot of them too.
1: Like there were lots of characters that you like felt for really deeply, whereas like in The Power you really just like hate everybody. <laughs> yes. Of. Yes. Um but in this book you f- I like feel like you can read this book and experience a lot of tenderness for the people yeah. in it even for like the some of the people that you think in the beginning that you're really not going to like um like you can see like how you see really where people are coming from and what their motives are and how why they're doing what they're doing and it's not just like very straightforward like oh this person's doing this because they want power period you know like there's lots going on
0: this is a book about like women and daughters and sisters and friendship. Like, it is, like, truly a book about the bonds between women and how those, like, grow and break and change. And, like, I think that that is special, especially as we have, like, read these, like, female-specific dystopias this month. And something I think we'll talk about next week is, like, the inability to remove the bonds between women, no matter, mm-hmm. like, how how much you, like, put them into horrible, horrible situations from, like, a patriarchal standpoint. Um, okay. I'm gonna read the back of the book, and we're gonna get going. And by the back of the book, I mean the description on Libby. (laughs) The instant New York Times bestseller, Kim Liggett's The Grace Year, is a speculative thriller in the vein of The Handmaid's Tale and The Power. Hmm. Ever heard of those? (laughs) Survive the Year. No one speaks of the grace year. It's forbidden. In Garner County, girls are told they have the power to learn grown men from their beds to drive women mad with jealousy. They believe their very skin emits a powerful aphrodisiac, the potent essence of youth, of a girl on the edge of womanhood. That's why they're banished for their 16th year, to release their magic into the wild so they can return purified and ready for marriage. But not all of them will make it home alive. Sixteen-year-old Tierney James dreams of a better life, a society that doesn't pit friend against friend or woman against woman. But as her own grace year draws near, she quickly realizes it's not just the brutal elements they must fear. It's not even the poachers in the woods, men who are waiting for a chance to grab one of the girls in order to make a fortune on the black market. Their greatest threat may very well be each other. With sharp prose and gritty realism, the Grace here examines the complex and sometimes twisted relationships between girls, the women they eventually become, and the difficult decisions they make in between. I don't really have any critiques. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say, I think that's a really good
0: um, summary. That's that,
1: that does a really good job.
0: Yeah. They didn't o- really oversell anything. Mm-hmm. Th- they didn't really undersell anything. The yeah. one critique, and my major critique in this book, is that her fucking name is Tierney. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how we're in like a Mennonite Mennonite style small community where they are like, where it's like kind of undisclosed to us what year it is. We're supposed to understand that they're like, I'm I'm picturing like late eighteen hundreds.
1: Oh, interesting. In terms yeah, of like. Yeah, I guess that's. They never talk about like techno, like phones or like yeah. electricity or anything like that. That's interesting, yeah.
0: In terms of like dress, in terms of like biblical interpretation, like where they're at. And mm-hmm. so, why the fuck is her name Tierney? Her name should be like Ruth. <laughs> I, I thought I was literally about to say
1: her name should be like Ruth or like Beth or like something, something biblical. Tierney, I think TikTok texted me earlier this week. She was like, Tierney sounds like something that like, like a yoga mom who goes to Whole Foods would name their kid.
0: Like Um, Tierney, Tierney is the name of a person who has seen a cell phone.
1: Yes, yes. Tierney has been on TikTok. Tierney goes to Starbucks. Tierney is not A woman who lives in a Mennonite community that's displaced from time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, like, she picked other, like, good, like, of the time names. Like, if it wasn't going to be biblical, it needed to be floral or horticultural. Because that is, like, such a major part of, like, non-industrial societies is like that is how you live like not suppo- not like subsistence because it seems like there was more wealth in the community than just subsistence farming but like mm-hmm. like you would name her like like one of her sisters name is Ivy
1: right still right. a
0: little modern but makes a little more sense
1: yeah that's a silly thing about the book and i don't even maybe do you want, should i shall i google the name Tierney see if it has any like specific meanings
0: yes names? yes please do um, I can talk about the audiobook while you're Googling. The other reason the name Tierney really took me out of it, and this was true for Lydia as well, is we both started the book listening to the audiobook. I finished the book um just reading it because it was so much faster. But um the accent work is really terrible in this audiobook, and the reader like really goes out of her way to try to differentiate between all of the different girls by doing bad accent work. Here's the thing. All of these girls have grown up in the same small religious community. There is no reason for the bitchy mean girl to sound like she's a valley girl from California. And there is, like, no reason for one of the girls to have, like, a strong southern drawl. They all grew up within the same 10-mile radius. They have the same accent. That's okay. Just read the book. Just read it to me. They can have, like, it's
1: possible for people to speak differently but have... Different accents. Like, you can have, like, fluctuations in tone, like, different, like, different mannerisms. Like, there's different ways that you can, th- there's ways that you can differentiate between voices in an audiobook, and it doesn't have to include an accent. And honestly, if, if, if the only thing that you're going to, res- like, resort to is including an accent, just have it all be the same.
0: Yeah. It was like, it really took you out of it. Like, when I originally read this book two years ago, I was like, I really like this book. I liked reading it. It was interesting. I had a good time. And then I started the audiobook, and I was like, oh, my God, I've recommended another dud to Lydia. (laughs) Because I was, like, listening to this audiobook, and I was like, Jesus, this is awful. (laughs) But it turns out you just need to read it. Yes. (laughs) Um. Okay, so I, I looked up the name Tierney.
1: Um, Tyranny is a gender-neutral name of Irish origin, okay, and it means lord or master, which is actually kind of oh, apt.
0: yeah, that is and kind of apt.
1: When you think about it, also, like if you say it kind of s- tyranny, if you say it kind of slowly, it sounds like tyranny. Oh, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm seeing the idea. I'm I'm seeing the idea. However, um, I – like, obviously the name has meaning and purpose, I guess, now that we've looked it up. But I think it's a stretch for the, this Mennonite community or Mennonite-esque community to be like, yeah, and we're going to have one kid that's named after, like, named with Irish Irish hist- history, like, if nobody else does, you know?
0: Well, and – That is a little implausible. If we're going – that's the name of the mean girl, right, Kirsten? Like, if we're yeah. going with that, if we're following American Girl doll standards, she's Swedish.
1: Yeah, so, Kirsten like, is a Swedish name.
0: Although that is potentially interesting and one of the things that we have questions about with this book is, like, how did this community come to be? Because it That's kind true. of has the vibes of the world was bad and we made it better by creating this community. Um And so... Like, maybe they did come from all over? They say
1: something in the book about how, like, everyone, like, immigrated from, like, they they mention something about immigration in the book, like, everybody immigrated from different parts of the world, and then they were, like, unified under a common language. Like,
0: yes, and that common language started as the language of flowers, which was so fascinating to me. And I think like, really cool that the first way that they could all communicate with each other was something we think of as inherently feminine.
1: hmm Oh, yeah, like, that is interesting.
0: That is special. She, guys, um, she does smart things in this book.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah, this is, a this is a good book. I, this is a, a really, really solid book. Um, do you, shall, shall I do the summary?
0: Yes, here, I'll actually start a timer this time.
1: Oh, okay. okay. Oh, excellent.
0: Ready? Okay. Three. Yes. Two. One. Go.
1: So we're in a Mennonite community that's kind of displaced from time. It's not certain if we're in the future, or the past, or what's going on. But um, basically, we're in a very conservative patriarchal society, and women are believed to possess some type of magic. Um, it's not really specified what this magic is. It's just everybody has some sort of magic. And, uh, the idea for the grace year is that they have to get rid of their magic. Um, and they do this by going off into the woods, um, just a bunch of girls and they quote unquote, get it out of their system. And then by the time they come back, they are purified. They're no longer sinful and they no longer have this power. And that is supposed to enable them to be good wives. Um, and then spoiler alert, while, while the girlies are in the forest or on this island in the forest, um, they realize that, um, there's no magic and they've just been doing drugs the entire time and hallucinating vividly. Um, and they have to bu- come together and reform their female friendships in order to make it back alive. How'd I do? Was that less than two minutes?
0: Well, well under two minutes. 45 seconds under. Play. Um, Say. Play. So, I think that maybe that's something... Guys, we've split the outline into things that are interesting and good, things that are interesting and bad, and things that are interesting, but we have more questions about it. And I think Mm -hmm. something that we need to add to things that are interesting and good is the hallucinogen. Like... I think it's really good that we did not end up with a Lord of the Flies situation where the boys just turn on each other for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, part of the reason that these teenage girls turn on each other is because they are conditioned to believe that they have magic and, like, there is so much fear going into this grace year that, like, they were all eventually going to have conflict with one another. But, like, they are drinking, like deeply hallucinogenic water from the second they get there because the well is coated in hallucinogenic um moss that like imbibes the water with like it's like they're on a really bad shroom trip for 365 days (laughs) like like i think that that is good because i think i would be frustrated if it was just a true lord of the flies knockoff where it was just like and then the way that all humans do they turned on each other right and i th- i think that this one thing that um
1: separates this book from other similar like books and stories where people are like abandoned in the wilderness like lord of the flies or like the yellow jackets if anyone has seen that show um is that like they are doing this with like an express purpose like they they know that they're going to go out into the wild and spend a set a, a, like set amount of time in the wild and that there's a purpose for what they're what they're doing and that it has a specific end date um whereas like in Lord of the Flies the boys get stranded on that island and they just are like they don't they don't know when they're going to come back to civilization if they ever do and that's kind of i think what it is something that derails them so significantly as they have no other choice but to, like, turn to extreme, like, hostility and dehumanization. Whereas, like, these, these girls in this scenario, they're coming into this situation with a very express purpose. And that is kind of part of what gives us, um, our first villain in Kirsten is that she really, really buys into this magic thing. And she really wants to, like, take the helm and be like, like, everybody has to purify themselves of the magic. And, um, like, it's not just that she is, like, power hungry and, like out of control like she is also like doing something that she was taught like she is in a way like trying to protect the girls around her cuz she really thinks that like getting their magic out of their system or or whatever is going to protect them and let them come back to um their community the county um and be safe and i think she is power hungry she is like someone who is like She wants to manipulate the people around her. She wants to feel in charge. And that is, like, something that, like, makes her feel good. But it's not just that. Like, she's also, like, just really in a place of, like, I have to do this. And if I don't get my, like, the people around me to do this, we're all going to be, like, fucked, basically.
0: (laughs) Well, and, like, the way that being under the influence of anything makes your, like, feeling stronger and more certain. Like... Mm -hmm. They, they're really like on drugs. Like, they are on drugs. They are guys. <laughs> they are tripping from like day two. Like, Tierney, who is not like other girls, is not drinking the hallucinogenic water because she thinks it tastes kind of weird and she like found them fresh water and tried to make them rain barrels and like, she starts to notice the other girl's eyes, like, are like just pupils like like they very clearly are like under the influence of a mind-altering substance which i think adds a layer to it as well because it makes it so kirsten is like at the beginning she's like oh maybe this is my magic coming in and maybe this like is something that i can do and then as soon as she's on the crazy moss she's just like oh my god She's yeah. like, I told somebody to jump off a cliff and they did it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just taught a girl that her powers were to make the sunset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or is she like, I love the I love the scene in the book and it, like, like when I was reading this, I had already known that they were on drugs. Like Tuck told me before I even read this that they were on drugs. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I where- did that. No, it's okay. Um, there's this scene where Kirsten makes this, makes this girl talk to wolves. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, she does. She's on four wolf, on all fours and is like howling. And, (laughs) and like, it's just so funny to like imagine that. Like these girls are just like tripping hella balls. (laughs) And one is like, like screaming at the wolves and the wolves in the forest are probably like, Oh my god, they're back. The girls on drugs are back. <laughs> like.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is it's a never ending cycle. Each year, all of the 16 year old girls are sent to the Gracier. And so when they are hiking out to the camp, the other Gracier girls are hiking back in and they're also detoxing from doing shrooms every day for a year. <laughs> Like that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, like, that's something Tierney talks about, is she's like, well, at least we're not gonna, like, when she finally gets the girls to start drinking the regular water, like, at the end of the book, we're skipping a lot. She, like, is like, well, at least, at least we won't look quite as bad walking back into town, because we won't be coming off, like, a fucking two-day detox from like a year of heavy drug usage right they're not literally about
1: to die from withdrawal yeah yeah um so talking is starting to talk about things besides the drugs that we think are interesting and good um another thing that we thought was really interesting is the this idea of the poachers trying to catch the gracier girls to, like, use their bodies as, like, medicine and, like, they, they like, there's a lot of talk in this book about how if you catch one of the gracier girls when they are in their, you know, in, in the wild or whatever, they can basically use, like, catch and kill them. You can use their bodies to turn and use the magic in their bodies, the quote-unquote magic in their bodies to turn them into like medicine, like youthful elixirs. It's like basically the the magic in the body is like a very, very prized resource. Um, and we were talking about how that is so interesting because um, in The Handmaid's Tale, there's lots of talk about women's bodies as like a natural resource, but only in terms of like the ability to give birth like in The Handmaid's Tale, like that is all that women are prized for. Whereas here we see like, like women are a natural resource, but they're not, not just a natural resource in terms of like a resource that makes babies, but they are like literally a commodity. Like they are like a prized commodity and they like, like they ta- there's lots of like really, really visceral imagery of um their bodies being like put into jars, like, to be sold on the black market, it's very, it feels very, um like, apt. I keep saying that a lot. It feels very apt, but, like, it feels very apt just thinking about how much, like, women's bodies are used as commodities in the world that we live in now. And, like, our bodies are consumed as commodities and consumed as, like, really valuable things just not in like a literal terms of consumption like if you think about like porn and stuff like that like i feel like like porn and um like sex trafficking is like really analogous to this idea of the poachers who are like capturing these women and like murdering them and like literally turning their bodies into like like a medicine or a substance to be consumed (laughs) for like large amounts of money um it's a really i've and and that's a really unique idea is like t- like i i've never like i've read a lot of you know books where women are talked about as commodities but only commodities and as as a means of like almost like cattle like like you have to like keep women sequestered so that they can have babies not keep women sequestered because their bodies are resources that are valuable
0: well and who added who made them valuable? Like who is paying the poachers? Who has created this system? Who is buying exactly. the body parts? Like Well
1: and it's all the men in the county. Though the, the men in the county are the only ones who profit off of this myth.
0: Yeah. Because they profit off the they profit off the myth in two ways. One, they get to buy and sell the body parts, make a lot of money. They get to make sure that there is an inferior class of men who are always clawing to get more in the poachers, so they are Mm -hmm. willing to do these horrible things to the gracier girls, and they also get to keep the women in the county down. They get to maintain power through fear, through putting women in dangerous situations, through like. If you are a gracier girl and you are unaccounted for, at the end, if you commit suicide and the poachers do not cut your body up for parts, your younger sister is cast out. She is punished for your crimes of being unaccounted for. So, like, all of it goes back to the men of the county benefiting off the, like, Oh, the word is not degradation. The word is for, like, when you're keeping someone down, but there's a singular word for it.
1: Oppression?
0: Yeah. Yes. Like, the oppression (laughs) of women and also, like, the selling of them as, like, commodities. And what I like too that they specify,
1: they make it very clear that like the poachers, the poachers in a way do benefit off of this because they're literally participating in the, like the, econ- this economy of selling, of selling the bodies. But they talk a lot about how like if the poachers are not like making money this way, like their families will starve.
0: Correct. Like if they, like they,
1: they are bound to this, um, system, but not in like, a pleasant way, <laughs> the way that the men yeah. in the county are.
0: Let's see, what other things did we think were good? Generally, I think the grace here as a concept is really interesting. I thought that it was like a very cool way to, I thought it was a really cool way to oppress women. But like, <laughs> like we talked about at the beginning, like it, it is a way to oppress women without explicit, because I think that both the, That The Handmaid's Tale is, like, explicitly about sexual slavery in a lot of ways. And so to be able to oppress women and have it be tied to sexuality and their ability to, like, I don't know, seduce men and have magic just by being a female body, like, I thought was really interesting and really smart. And it was, frankly, really nice to read a female-specific dystopia that wasn't inherently tied to, like the sexual oppression of women or like to i mean last week's book uh to just like hmm. turning into the patriarchy themselves like this was conceptually like very smart right and there's a point in the
1: book when Tierney is talking about how like the 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 behavior that the girls are engaging in in the grace year where they're being very violent towards each other. Very, very manipulative. They're doing lots of things. Um, They're just being very cruel to each other. She says explicitly like we are doing this because this is the only time in our, our entire lives when we will have power. And the only power that we can wield in our entire lives is power to put other women down. That's the only way. That you can wield power as a woman in this world, which is part of the reason why it's so compelling to go into this grace year and to try to be top dog. Um, and that I think is, but in, in doing so, even though that's like the only way that you can like wield power in this world, like wielding that power is the very thing that will like destroy them ultimately. And that is like so. Compelling and true in that, like women in the world that we that we currently live in, um, like tear each other apart because I mean, think about the Haley Bieber, Selena,
0: Selena Gomez scandal. Like, I mean, women I'm really, following it. Yeah, I'm
1: following it. Like, and women are are really, really like will tear each other apart because that is the only thing available to them. And well, I, I – there's also, for me, apart from just, like, like the ways that women put each other down, like, I have always, like, felt that there is something, like, very, very, like, violent and, like, exploitative and just, like, horrific about be- being a girl and becoming a woman. Like, that process is, like, horrifying in so many very, like, visceral, violent and, like, just – insane ways like there have been so many times where like i as like i am now like a grown adult woman but like i in the process of becoming a woman where i was like when i was like 17 16 i was like i feel like i am in the like eye of like a hurricane and like everything around me is like sexual and violent and disturbing and just like the process of coming to understand your place in the world as a woman is something that's very like violent and abusive and exploitative. And I think that the, the concept of the grace year where you have to go out into the wilderness and just like experience such violent violence and such cruelty, like that is an excellent metaphor for what it feels like to become for what it feels like to grow up and become a woman. It sucks. It sucks. Being
0: being a lady is hard. It is, and it's it's also something that like I don't know. I'm thinking back on the the Haley Bieber Selena Gomez thing, and just thinking about the fact that like these women are also encouraged to be cruel to one each other, one another, like in the county in like obvious ways, right? Like right, like. A woman is brought forward to death the day before the, like, the, like, engagement ceremony right at the beginning, because her husband has decided she's dried up and he doesn't want to be married to her anymore, so he accuses her of witchcraft, has her killed, because there is, like, no disproving that you are still a witch. And then he is allowed to marry one of the gracier girls, but, like... All of the other women in the county need to be vile towards her while she is being hung so that they are not seen as someone who supports witchcraft. And I think that, like, I see that same thing on the internet now, which is, like, I have to be cruel to other women so that, like, I am not next. Like, I don't know. Also, side note, the internet has gotten too brave. If you would not say it to someone's face, you should not be posting it about them on the internet. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, gossip, gossip is good. The Handmaid's Tale proved it. Gossip with your friends. Say you think the drama but- is bad. Text each other about it. But like, leave, leave both their posts alone. Let yeah. them be messy. They're going to be messy in public. They've proven that. But like, people's willingness to be like damn you're the ugliest bitch i've ever seen and like justin settled for hailey bieber but like it it's just like what the what the fuck makes you think you have the right to say that to someone every time that
1: women are mean to each so like women obviously should not blindly support each other like that's like women are not without fault but every time women are mean to each other for a stupid reason like saying your eyebrows look bad or you stole my man or you're fat or you got plastic surgery and it looks bad every single time women are mean women are mean to each other like that men win and men are pouring one out for themselves
0: like justin bieber has not said
1: anything this whole justin time. bieber doesn't give a fuck about his wife He doesn't give a fuck, and he doesn't give a fuck about his ex-girlfriend, because he's got his bag, he weighs 120
0: pounds, soaking wet, and, like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The other thing is, like, and Annie and I have been talking about this a lot with Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes, so Brittany and Patrick have been together since they were 16, and one, I think she needs to be quieter on the internet, I think she invites bullies into her space and then says, why are you bullying me? But beyond that, like, do you guys have any idea how far it would go for Patrick Mahomes to say, like, hey, I chose my wife, I am not trapped, I am in a happy marriage, like, leave my wife alone. Like, Joe Rogan coming after Brittany Mahomes? Fuck off. Like, what? What? I... Look, I love to comment on someone's relationship, but I do it quietly (laughs) in my own home to my roommate. I do not post it on the internet. I do not post it on her page. I am not going to comment on their marriage on this podcast. Like, (laughs) just like... She said, I will be speaking on it, but I will not be commenting on it. I, like, I will speak on it in private. Yeah, yeah. As is my right. If you're going to put your whole life on the internet, people are allowed to talk about you. But I don't think it gives you a right to be cruel to one another, like directly to your faces. Go back to gossiping. Gossiping has has kept women going for centuries. Gossiping in in a mean as a means of like
1: talking about your interpersonal relationships, not being like my friend Jessica has herpes. Like because that gossip yeah. is like nobody cares. Everybody so- has herpes.
0: Well, and, like, something that, um, so I played Frisbee in college, and something that one of the captains on the boys' team said to me when there was some drama going down, and I was being like, I know you love to gossip, this is not something you spread, was he said, well, Tucker, there's fun gossip, and there's mean gossip, and I know how to tell the difference. Like, don't Mm. worry. Like, there is stuff you spread because it's funny, and there's stuff you don't because it's awful. And, like, don't worry about it.
1: Guys, Tucker played frisbee in college. Oh my god! I also played. I also played frisbee in college. Frisbee in college, but I did not play frisbee in college.
0: Yeah, that's true. That makes it sound like you're saying that I have, like, some deep, dark sexual secret. Like, Tucker played frisbee in college, but... I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Not
1: that you have a deep, dark sexual secret, but you played frisbee in college. That's I true. I played frisbee and I, in college.
0: <laughs> I continue to play. I, like, tapped in the women's team in Kansas City. She like, continues it to play big... frisbee in... <laughs> It is a big part of my life. It's how I got together with my boyfriend. Like it it is but like i don't know i thought that that showed like depth of character that sometimes women don't manage to show because we like either see things in a very strong binary of like all gossip is good or all gossip is bad mm-hmm. and like sometimes don't differentiate as well damn i can't believe i'm saying men understand nuance that hurts well just that one man that one time just that one that one man that one time I <laughs> if he'll ever do it again <laughs> Okay, we have we have like two more things that are interesting and good and then we'll move to interesting and bad. Mm,
1: yes. Okay. Um witchcraft magic is a very good metaphor because historically women have always been accused of witchcraft and it works here. It works here very well.
0: And there's no fighting against it. There's no like test to See, if you float with stones in your pocket, there's no, like, if you live through being burned alive, you must be a witch. Like, it is truly just, like, a man decides you are washed up, pussy dry, and that, like, (laughs) you are, like, not useful to him anymore. Well, and stories like this are always so interesting when they are tied, like, explicitly to wanting to have sons, because, like... Mm that is not like women do not decide the gender of their babies right like right. that is like something that comes from the male side of dna so it is so interesting every time and so frustrating every time to be like oh he can't have a son hmm wonder whose fucking fault that is like <laughs> it's your God. stupid little sperm's you bitch <laughs> yeah
1: um another thing that's cool about like well, it's not cool. It's actually very bad. But that I think is very um interesting about the way that this witchcraft and magic is portrayed in this book is like Tucker said, there's no like test to see like if you've gotten the witchcraft out of your system. It's just like the men just decide and the men can decide when the witchcraft is out of their system whenever it benefits them. And so like women are like perceived as this like powerful, these powerful, dangerous beings but the men get to decide and define what that looks like for them. And that's just, it's all, it it all hits a little too hard.
0: <laughs> it's, it feels very unwinnable. Oh, like, of course. Even, yeah. even in a society where, like, guns do not seem prevalent, like, weapons do not seem prevalent, like, There, There is no uprising in which the women here win, and I think it's kind of like we talked about last week in terms of societal conditioning. Like, women are not going to overpower all of the men because some of them are true believers, and the rest of them are so beaten down. They – okay, I'm going to go for a metaphor here, guys. Bear with me. It is like (sighs) – in the fall of 2020, where every time you went grocery shopping, you were like, oh my God, I'm going to get COVID. Like, yeah, every single thing you did at the end of 2020 and the full year of 2021, and frankly now, sometimes when my anxiety gets the best of me, there is a cloud of this choice I am making could disrupt my life, could make it so I lose five days off a paycheck, could like all of it hangs over you. And I think that the same thing probably happens here where women are like, oh my God, if my hips swish a little too much when I go to get things from the market, I'll get accused of witchcraft and they'll kill me. Like you have just this constant gray cloud of every single choice that I make like deeply affects my life instead of just Mm -hmm. being like, oh yeah, I went grocery shopping.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and everything everything you do, no matter what you do, is going to be your fault.
0: Yeah, there's nothing you (laughs) can do to like to like put blame onto others. Like, yeah, it's just you. Okay, I'm interested. I'm interested to know where you think the Vax commentary is. So I I kind of wanted to pull this into the the like the
1: fact to superstition continuum because there is. In this book, there's um, kind of, like, a pull between, like, facts and science and then superstition. Um, okay. So the superstition is, of course, like, the people who think that the magic is real and that the gracier girls are, like, dangerous and stuff like that. Um. And one thing that the poachers say – or one thing that the poachers are, like, afraid of, of the, of the women is they think that they can get a curse from them – and Anders says at one point that like he gets bit by one of the gracier girls and then immediately after he gets this rash. Um do you remember this? Yes. And then and Tierney is like listening to him talk about this and she's like bitch you had um not smallpox, chickenpox. Yeah. Like you just and and um what's his name? Anders is like it killed my whole family da 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 and she's like your family just had chickenpox. Like You had just, like, an insane case of chickenpox.
0: I think it was smallpox, because she shows, um, spoiler alert, the boy she falls in love with. So Tierney falls in love with a poacher, which we will talk about in things that are interesting and bad. Mm. Um, But she, like, shows him her smallpox vaccine and is like, do you have one of these now? And Riker is like, yeah, your dad gave it to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, and. oh my God. She's like, yeah. And so
1: that's one of the things that like is being distorted as like a part of this like magic and a part of this curse is that like it's literally like everything can be explained. And that also feels very connected to our current reality where there's so much misinformation and superstition about like illness and vaccines and like w- disease and how diseases are spread um that i thought was a really interesting like inclusion in the this this exploration of like power and um the, the kind of it, it seems like in this world um science is like kind of on the outs like medical science is kind of on the outs yeah um and it's being kind of ousted by the interest in like the gracier medicine and the bo- women's body parts and so i thought that was that was a really cool um obviously not cool but like again very apt inclusion
0: yeah i kim like it did a really good job with this book like i feel like this is the first podcast where like of any of the books that we've read where we have had like 45 minutes of like this book was good and here's why
1: right right yeah but now we can get into the bad stuff
0: and the bad stuff is damn this is YA so they had to have a romance it's inescapable I, I have something to say okay I liked the romance <laughs> well and that's the thing too is I also like a romance. Um, and I do think that she did a good job with it. I found it to be slightly, um, unbelievable, just in that, like, okay, so here's what happens. Kirsten, like, tries to cut Tierney's arm off with an axe, and Tierney, like, runs out into the woods because she refused to embrace her magic, and she gets saved by a poacher, Who saves her because Tierney's dad, who is the town doctor, saved Anders, his brother. And so Tierney gets saved by this poacher. And then they spend, what do you think, like two months together where she is trapped in his house um, while she is healing. And I think my only frustration with the romance is that, like... I don't know how necessary it was for this story to continue to be powerful.
1: I don't think it was necessary at all, probably. Um, But I had a good time reading it.
0: I do think it was important for us to see two people with very diametrically opposed viewpoints realize that middle middle grounds exist. For Tierney to convince Riker that, like, the curse does not exist, the magic does not exist, for him to teach her about the hallucinogenic hallucinogenic moss, for, like, him to tell her. Like, Riker says point blank, well, Tierney, you know who pays the poachers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know who pays us. It's the men in the county. Like, that is all very important, especially if we are to believe that true change is coming after this grace year.
1: Yeah, I do think it's powerful for us to see in this book a an example of like two people who come from very like from worlds where relationships are very distorted and unhealthy to start to engage in something that could like maybe eventually be a healthy and normal and consensual relationship. Yeah, I think that is. Powerful and like uplifting. And that's something that we don't really get in The Handmaid's Tale or in The Power is like an example of like, just like, oh, these people like have tenderness for each other and care for each other, even though they've been taught to not exhibit that. Like, we have an example of two people who are like, like Riker is someone who has been taught that he needs to like exploit the gracier girls in order to survive and um tyranny has been taught the same and they both realize like oh i like i have been taught this information like and it does not benefit me it benefits the men in the county and i can like choose to like not participate in that anymore yeah so i think that's cool and i also thought it was sexy
0: yeah i do love when people pine I also I did find it very stressful. So the poachers have these like cloths. I think they basically look like ghillie suits. If you don't know what a ghillie suit is, it's like I what, am googling. It's what like swamp men wear. They basically um wear camouflage suits, but they look like the English shepherd oh. dogs with the really I like I don't with like the that. really. Yeah, with the, like, the really dreadlocked hair, except the, like, dreadlocked dog hair is, like, camouflage, and they kind of look like a, like a Bigfoot.
1: They look like Chewbacca.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, and under it, apparently they're just fucking naked, because oh. Tierney, like, wakes up in Riker's, like, little, like, basically, like- lean-to up in a tree. He lives in a little tree house, and, um, she just, like, sees his bare ass. <laughs> and I just found that kind of stressful, because she's, like, a 16-year-old girl. Her arm is, like, hanging on by, like, three little muscle threads, and she's, like, there's just, like, a naked man in the room. And she's kind of like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" She's like, "What the fuck is going on?" but she's also like,
1: "Damn, I'm so horny." <laughs>
0: yeah, that's it. That Um, oh, something else we should have talked about and in interesting and good is that there is a lesbian in this book. There are gay people in this book. Let's move into what I think is things that are interesting and bad. Yes. So, Mm. Tierney has sex with Riker one time, gets pregnant. Now, I might have just been reading too fast, but did you know she was pregnant until she revealed it to the county? No. Okay. so But basically, I was listening. <laughs> so Oh, okay. So, basically, Tierney gets pregnant, and then she comes back to the camp and, like, saves the girls, and, like, a lot of stuff happens. And then she tries to run away with Riker, and he gets killed by the other poachers for, like, trying to help a gracier girl. And, like, potentially exposing them to the curse, etc., etc. And she runs back to the camp, makes it in, and then goes back to the county with the rest of the girls. And... Then gets up on stage where she is supposed to marry the son of the mayor, essentially, the owner of the apothecary. A boy she has known since she was, like, three. They're very good friends. She's pissed that he proposed to her. But he lies when she reveals her pregnancy and is like, Tierney's magic was so strong that she came to me in a dream and I got her pregnant. I love that. That, honestly... That pissed me off because Michael Welk, this boy, kind of rocks. And, like, Tierney is so focused on trying not to be like other girls and not being (laughs) one of the wives that she, like, if she had opened her eyes for, like, one singular second and been like, hmm, well, Michael never says anything about wanting to oppress me and, like, Actively likes it when we run around in the woods together and I'm like not having sex with him and he still likes me. Maybe our marriage won't be that bad. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Like, and for him, in a society where like you, sh- like, are probably murdered if you have a child out of wedlock. Right. Like, for him to come to her defense that way when like he knew explicitly it was not his child, like, that's a real man i I fucked with Michael
1: and i um, I understood why Tierney was like upset when he randomly was like, let's get married um because yeah. obviously she like doesn't have a choice in that, and that it makes sense why she would feel upset and it makes sense why she would feel like like blasted by that you know um by that surprise, but at the same time, I was like, listen, that's as good as it's gonna get.'
0: But I That's also, as good as it's gonna this.
1: get. I, you, and I are not fighters. Um, I am a survivor, and in this situation, if I found out that I was gonna marry Michael, I would be like, "Shit, I'll squeeze out some babies for you as long as I don't have to work that hard." Like, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, I, my mean, willpower like, is zilch, negative zero.
0: I like to think that I would be a little bit of a fighter, but I think that it all comes back to the fact that I, like, I don't know. I like the idea where Tierney is like, well, I would get to work in the fields. I'm like, oh, I would get to be a horticulturist? That's right up my alley! But, like, also, I am, like, really deeply a romantic at heart. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think that I would see Michael as saving me from a worse fate.
1: Yeah. I would be like, thank you, Woo.
0: Yeah. He also is supposedly like handsome and nice and like, Oh, I have to marry my closest friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, I, it's like,
1: she's just, she's just not like other girls, Tucker. The real issue at hand is that Tucker and I are like other girls. (laughs) (laughs) And Tierney is not, so we just can't possibly understand her because she's so different.
0: Okay, but also, she is pregnant, and then Michael agrees to marry her, and then they get married, and then she comes to, like, love Michael, and then she dies in childbirth. Yeah. She, like, has the baby, sees the baby, says... This is the girl that I have been dreaming about my whole life. She's going to save us all. And then she dies. Yeah. Which, like, I guess is a brave choice. I think it is, like, special that a YA author, like, got to kill her darling. Yeah. Because, like, the YA choice is clearly that Tierney, like, saves the county. Like, we have, we have a second book. And she's right. no lo- yes. longer in the grace year, but Tierney is saving the county because she has a lot of resources with michael and her dad the doctor who hates the county and her her mom who is like actively working against the county she Mm -hmm. finds out about but like perhaps it is like brave and smart of this author to understand that tierney wasn't going to change this world but she had the ability to impart good on it even if she is no longer like within it because of the good that she did during Mm -hmm. her grace year
1: Yeah. It feels very biblical a little bit to me too. Like it almost feels like Tierney is taking on like a Virgin Mary status Mm. slash Jesus status because she's kind of like there's a kind of there's a sense of like the immaculate conception because she's like, I got pregnant and I'm just like so powerful that I got pregnant out of wedlock um without having sex. Yeah. Which we know is not true, of course, but like, that's kind of the story that's told. And then she like, di- she dies bringing forth this, this part, this girl that's going to save the community. It, it like feels a little bit, um, Jesus Christ analogous, except she's a girl. And it's like if Jesus and the Virgin Mary like were blended, became yeah. one. That's her.
0: So maybe we should move know. this out of interesting and bad and interesting and good. Interesting and we feel. And interesting. We're,
1: we're, we have, we have interesting and interesting.
0: Yeah. i I'm, I'm ambivalent about it. I'm glad. Yeah, I would say I'm ambivalent
1: about it too.
0: Also, as someone who has like read a lot of book talk books, like I am consistently thankful for a standalone novel because I yeah. don't read things that are an unfinished series anymore because I can't keep track of it all. I like, I have to go back and reread the first one if I have to wait a year and a half for the second one. Like, my brain is too small to remember all those details. So, like, Mm -hmm. I appreciate a standalone novel, especially, and this is something that I've talked about with my mom, who's a published author. Like, you have to pitch a series to get a book published right now. Like, Mm. you cannot get a book published if you are not pitching a multi multi-book series and right. so that's for kim never liggett about that before for kim liggett to get this book out and do such a special thing with it without her being like don't worry and then i'm gonna write a second book and Tierney's gonna save the world like that's really good
1: yeah like yeah.
0: standalone novels deserve to exist
1: yeah i don't need okay. to seven books about this world i've had enough I mean, like, I've pleasantly had enough, you know, I've, like, eaten and though. Yeah.
0: I, like, oh my god, if she just wrote every 16th year from now on out, what a depressing series.
1: That would be terrible. I would hate that. I would not read that.
0: Okay. Things that are interesting and we have more questions. How did this world come to be? What, that, I think, is a major yeah. plot hole in this. And, like, maybe it is, like, a la Handmaid's Tale where June is just talking about how soon there would only be young women brought up under the new regime and they won't remember anything different besides the grace year, But, like, is there a secret council of men who originally planned this? How did the county make it happen? How long ago did it happen? Does...
1: Right.
0: Does this secret council of men still know? Like, yeah. how... How does that work... And how does a secret like that, which I was talking to Lydia a little bit about this in terms of like a house of cards, like the patriarchy is a house of cards. It is built on lies. Mm -hmm. It is built on lies about women. It is built on lies about men. It is built about lies on people's place in the world. And like this, and I think our patriarchal society is maybe a house of wood or a house of straw, not brick. But like... A little bit sturdier than a house of cards. The Gracier is explicitly, I think, a house of cards.
1: Yeah, like, it's begging to fall apart.
0: Begging to fall apart. So, like, who is keeping this secret and how have they done it? Because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be possible. And, like, maybe well, I am just asking too many questions. But, like, how did it come to be this way? And how did they get so many people to believe it?
1: I think it's also kind of, like, the next point that we want to like, Tuck wanted to talk about is, like, how many people, like, really, really believe this or, like, totally bought in. And I think probably what is happening is that, like, I think all the men know that this is bullshit. Or at least, like, most of them kind of, like, have an inkling. At least the men in power. Like, the men in power in the county all know that this is a farce, that they're, like, this is all made up. And, um... Because they're all, you know, they're all benefiting from it. Um, and, but I think all of the, like, the women are kind of like, they're all like actively being lied to, actively being conditioned. And that's kind of one of the things that I liked seeing about this book is that we see, we have a couple of examples of people who are like in the system, but are not totally bought in, like Tierney's mom, like Tierney's dad, and even like Michael, you know? Yeah. And so like we can see the, of like the fabric of this world like starting to crumble um so it's so I I think there's definitely a lot of like cracks in the civilization and the reason why this county is continuing to exist the way that it is is because the men are so powerful in it and it's a lot of instead of a lot of people being like I 100% believe this it's more just like I have a feeling like this is not true but I'm so scared and the consequences are so big that I like am just going to go along with it
0: yeah I also think like Kim shows her hands a little bit early because you have these girls who are like maybe I'll be able to talk to animals maybe I can control people with my words But, like, on, like, page four of this book, Tierney's all dolled up in her engagement day outfit. She's walking into town to pick up some food for her mom, and a man looks at her and is like, oh, looks like Tierney's magic finally grew in. Like, looking at her tits. So, like- The magic is
1: just having tits and getting your period.
0: And you know it, and I know it. Um, but, like, that I felt like was Kim showing her hand a little early. Yeah, yeah, but that was the only one that I was really like, "Ooh, like who knows? Who doesn't know? How are we to come to understand this?" Like, I think that the magic in in the even of
1: the people who believe the magic is not just like literally, a, you're a witch and you can talk to animals, but the magic is also like you're a sexy witch, you know?
0: Yeah, like if, like like if you were married to Michael Welch. Yeah, like, if you were married to Michael Welk and I seduced him, you could have me killed for, like, still right. having witchcraft. And yeah, it would never be Michael's say, fault. Yeah, I could say, like, you
1: are, like, that's that's part of the magic is, like, women's sexuality is the magic. Like, growing up and becoming a woman and becoming sexy is the magic. But they tie that in with, like, a sense of, like, superstition. It's like, she's got boobs and she can talk to animals.
0: Yeah. Two, two sins. When
1: the real issue is just that she has boobs.
0: Yeah. Okay, do we want to move to Goodreads? Let's move to Goodreads. Okay, guys, a lot of the Goodreads reviews made me very aware that this was a YA book. They were really, like, Tumblr-esque in terms of, like, like, there were a couple that, like, wrote out the word squeal really long. Couldn't put it down. This is the best thing I've ever read. But I picked two that were a little more in depth than that, and also, guys, it's hard to find a quippy Goodreads comment. Like people are really like writing reviews. So (sighs) yeah, the first one I picked because I think it had a lot to do with what Lydia was talking to me about. It's dark and gory. It's very much a tale of survival against the odds. But what is so odd about The Grace Year is that it's about women going wild, being jealous, viciously hurting each other, and yet it somehow manages to be a celebration of women and the ties between them. Mothers and daughters, sisters, friends. It's quite incredible how Liggett takes these women to their very worst so that we can eventually appreciate them at their best. I loved the whole eating slash cannibalism metaphor too. How patriarchy works because it forces women into a position where they are enemies and they have to devour one another to get ahead. Powerful, horrible, and all too true. She got it. She got it.
1: She's got her fingers in the pulse.
0: Yeah, that. This are they, is what is so he? interesting to me, and maybe why I need to become a Goodreads girly instead of a book talk girly is, like, Mm. writing an essay about a book shows that you have such an understanding of it in a way that, like, a quippy 45-second video where people are, like, showing a bunch of book covers in their, like, to-read pile, like, (laughs) does not. Well, and Bailey was talking to me. (laughs) Bailey, who runs our social media and who was last month's guest, was talking to me and was like, I just watched a TikTok where a girl had a two read pile that was more than 300 books high. Owns oh all my God. of them. Owns all of them. What That's the insane. fuck? 300 go books, to the library. <laughs> go to the library. 300 books if you bought all of them. And if you're buying 300 books, I'm sorry, you're not buying used. If you're rich Three. enough to have a two read pile, you are not buying used. That's 300 books high of all new books. That is that's like insane. at least $3,000, if not that's six, so if money. not ten. That's ten thousand. I made up that number, but that's ten thousand dollars of books. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> you want to pay off two
1: thousand? My- Three
0: thousand? dollars? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, some people's two read piles could pay off my fucking car. Like. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> Donate to charity, please, God. <laughs> get get some books for some underprivileged kids, I'm begging you.
1: Give me some money. Okay.
0: <laughs> Second Goodreads quote. If I had to point out a few other quibbles, it would be that the emerging love story is not only handled unevenly overall in the book, but I'm not sure it's altogether convincing or necessary. In fact, Disagree. it winds up being more window dressing than anything else, and the novel could have done without. The unwieldy list of characters also doesn't meld well with the frenetic style, as there is not really enough time to spend with each of them, and their characterization is flimsy enough to disappear them into the cracks of the story. That said, The Gracier is a pretty solid read, so terrifyingly specific and yet so hauntingly universal. So, I think I'm going to focus on terrifyingly specific a little bit, and I think that this is something we'll talk about next week And where the books that we read were successful and where the books we read were not successful. Mm-hmm. Both books that we liked better had a very small scope.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: hmm And I was thinking even... about this with the Hunger Games. The best mm-hmm. Hunger Games book is the first book, and it's because it has a small scope. hmm Yeah. You're in District 12, or you're in the Hunger Games, and mm-hmm. you understand the world that you're in. And when you get to Mocking there's too many characters, there's too much war, there's too many districts you're you're trying to focus on Katniss you can't focus on Katniss like yeah it's a scope issue and so like and I mean that's a dystopian series that started the dystopian series like movement that happened in the early 2010s so like this is a good book it's a good yeah and 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 like
1: I I would even agree a little bit with this book with this this commentary and say that the scope of this book is still even like a tiny bit too large. Um, like, I think it still works, but I, I do agree that it would, it would be cool to get to know the characters more. And like, we do get to, we get, do get to see a little bit of the psychological dynamics of like Kirsten and Tierney, but it would be cool to see other psychological dynamics of the girls and like, while they're in the grace year and we don't really get to see that here but it's still done really well and it's still it was still an enjoyable read
0: I think we probably needed in the same way I'm asking for this in every book we needed a map at the beginning
1: Mm, yeah
0: to understand where the county was where the island they were on was and how the island works with the encampment with Tierney getting shoved out of the encampment, but still being within the outer wall, like yeah. we needed a better understanding of that, and like maybe we needed a list of all thirty three Gracier girls,
1: yeah, that would that would have been helpful,
0: maybe we needed something like really obvious, maybe Tierney had a little note in her pocket when she left that had a list of all of the girls that she could like cross off,
1: <laughs> yeah like, I was maybe about I, to say, I maybe to, like, cross I just them needed off that as they
0: died. <laughs> but yeah. like. I don't know. You have to remember, authors need to remember that people who like to read are stupid. We literally we get we get a rep as people who are smart because we like to read. No, like, yeah,
1: we're stupid.
0: I'm reading because I'm dumb. Because I don't want to think dumb. about current events. I'm dumb.
1: And I don't want to think about current events. Exactly. Okay. Especially when I'm reading
0: a YA book, I'm like, head is. Head is empty. 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 Nothing in there. I don't want anything I w- in there. That's I why I'm reading to, a YA to,
1: book. I want to read fluffy YA book. Exactly.
0: And like this one, still managed to have some fluff in it, even though it was yeah. much more intense. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. Fluff
0: okay. Is okay. Lydia. Yeah. Did you like this book? Did it make you feel
1: I- good? I liked this book. It made me feel good, but, like, not good, like, where I was, like, mm, warm, fuzzy, but good is in, like, it, it like, it, I had a lot to think about. I, it made me feel good, but not, not in, like, a, like, Fuzzy way in, like, a like, oh, this was like an interesting read, and I had a, new, a good time, like, thinking about the world that I live in in a new way. It made me feel good in that regard. Yeah. Did I you, also did you like this book?
0: I did like this book. Once I stopped reading the audiobook, it got a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> um I also think that, like, something that I wanted to talk about was the concept of books that, like, don't really make you feel good, but are good. And mm. like, do you have enjoyable aspects? Like, I think that Book Talk is really guilty of only wanting to read books that make you feel good and yeah. are bad. Oh god, <laughs> that's gonna be, that's gonna be every book next month is a book I that know. is bad and makes you feel good. And that's okay! Those books are fun to read! But like, it's, this yeah. book did not make you feel especially good. It made you feel kind of anxious and kind of tense and you really needed to know what happened next. But it wasn't like the power where you were like, oh, God, something else is coming. It was like, there's an end date. Get us to the end date. In a way that is like... Yeah. The bad was going to end.
1: And the bad was purposeful. It wasn't just like, bad to be bad. Violent for violence's sake. The violence was meaning everything that felt bad about this book felt bad because there was a... There there was meaning to it. Yeah. And that's good.
0: Would you buy it? Uh I would not buy it. Okay. Even if it was like at half price books for like four bucks.
1: Nope.
0: Okay. But I really only
1: buy books if I know that I want to read them again and again and again. And I while I really liked this book, I would not read it again. I think I, I'm in I, the I just same wouldn't. boat.
0: I think I'm yeah. in the same boat. I think I don't want to own this. Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to. I either. really enjoyed reading it though.
1: But I don't. I, buy
0: it. I would recommend this one. This one is good. I would read The Handmaid's Tale. I would read this. I'd skip the power. I would. Skip the power. Um okay. I'll do my little spiel and then we'll wrap up. We've done it all. Next Yay. week is Comparison and Contrast Week. Lydia and I will be talking about um, what we like about female specific dystopias, what we don't like about female specific dystopias, um, other recommendations, things like that. Um, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at English Majors Pod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Um, My friend Bailey is running our social media. Please go like her eel eel meme. It is very funny and very good. I can't like it because I am, as previously stated, off Instagram until I am done with school. Because my little rat brain is, like, so stupid that I can't stop scrolling. Um, Let's see. Next week is comparison and contrast. And then after that, I'll announce next month's guest... My boyfriend, Sam, is coming on next month, and we're going to do Hateful Coworker Romance Month. Last night, I fell asleep. I fell asleep before him, and he was like, okay, you need to go back to your side of the bed, and I, like, rolled over, and he goes, he read the first two chapters of the first book we're doing, and he goes, Emily, this book is going to be so bad. (laughs) And I was like, you're right, babe, but you're in it now. So, you gotta do it.
1: He's in it, in it.
0: <laughs> He's in it. He started reading it. So, anyway, that will be next month. And I think that's all I have for you. Read this okay. book. Read the book. It was good. We it good was time. really good.
1: Riker is sexy. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.